Hi, you're listening to I Hope You're Content With This Content, and I'm your host, Josh. Before we get down to it and properly into the podcast, I just have two announcements to make. I know on the social media a while ago I said one, but this is the decision I finalised more recently than I made those posts. So you get two for the price of one. Good for you. Firstly, I wanted to mention that next month marks six months of the podcast. So to celebrate and mark the occasion, I've decided I want to do a Q&A. Please send questions to the Facebook page, I hope you're content with this content, or Instagram, at content with this content, with underscores in between, or um, on Twitter, at hope content pod. Um, and I look forward to answering them. I will try and answer as many as possible. Um, yeah, please do spread the word about the podcast and keep an eye on the 21st of September for that Q&A. Again, please do send in your questions as quickly as possible um, so I can sort it all out before the 21st of September um, when that will be being released. Um, now, on to a slightly less celebratory note because obviously I said that that was marking to that that was to mark six months um i should mention that a lot in my life will be changing soon and i'm going to be a lot busier so i will be taking a hopefully short hiatus from these podcasts to settle into this new phase but i will be back and my plan is to keep the social media fairly active during this time but no podcast for a while you can't see but i'm pulling a sad face so before I burst out crying, on to more important matters. <clears throat> this month, many people have received results, sometimes more than once, that could affect what they continue on to do this month. So even though it's rather a, a tenuous link, I thought it appropriate to talk about continuity errors, continu continuity errors. I'll, I'll stop with trying to make a pun out of it. Um, continuity errors in film and TV, and it will just be me again this month. So yeah, so let's get into it. So for starters, I thought we'd talk about what it is. So just in case you aren't aware of what continuity is, I thought I'd explain it. Continuity is internal consistency, really. That's that's the best explanation. Um, that can be anything from consistency in levels of liquid in cups. So they cut away and cut back to, to keep the um, kind of liquid the same in a cup, um, or or it can be um, a character saying one thing at one point and then later on in the TV program, film, whatever it might be, um, saying something that directly contradicts that. Or sometimes it can be that um, something changes without there being an explanation about it, an explanation for it, and we'll see a few of those um, kind of things that don't have an explanation um, for why they're like that. Um, and logically speaking, it doesn't make sense for them to be that way. So that, And there's no kind of extra explanation given for them. So you think that that's kind of a continuity error sort of thing. Um, first off, I wanted to say sort of what I think about it. I find that quite often the only things that will be left in the final cut will be um, smaller things that are harder to notice. Thing, things like, as I say, differences in levels of cups that if you're sort of casually watching a film, for example, you might not notice that at one point the cast is completely full and at another point it's almost empty and then it goes back to being almost full later on or something. That's not 
the kind of thing you're, you'd notice unless you're looking for it. Um, and that's kind of what I find quite often is that they don't let it into the final edit unless it's something that's really hard to notice. Um, but having said that, if I do notice it, it's often something that sort of takes away from the film a bit um, because I, I'll not be able to stop sort of thinking about it like it'll be, how did that happen? And it's just sort of something that my mind will fixate on. As I say, I often don't notice them, but when I do, it can sort of distract from the effect of the film. So <clears throat> before we go into specifics, uh, just a warning that some quite well-known and quite well-loved uh, films and TV may be on this list. So if you think that that might ruin the film for you, I'd recommend not listening any further. Right, without further ado, and now that we've sorted out the weak ones from the herd. Let's get on with it. By the way, these are in no particular order. I just thought these were a few interesting ones that should be mentioned. So first off, Back to the Future. I love this film. And um, if you know me really well, then you'll know just how much I love this film. Um, but I I was um, looking online, doing some research, and it said that right at the beginning, he's uh, driving the DeLorean, which is the car that time travels, and um, the, basically the premise is that he accidentally travels in time, and um, during this car chase that he's trying to get away from some Libyan terrorists, which is what means that he travels in time, um, he puts the car into second gear, and before he's changed it out of second gear, he put, changes it into second gear again, even though it would have already been in second gear at that point. So that's a thing that I'll probably be looking out for next time, and it may well ruin the film when I watch it, or that part of it. But yes, uh, so also in this film, at the end of the film, um, when it starts to travel in time, we obviously have the um, classic line, we don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. And obviously that's like really cool and everything, but they actually sort of point out the error there because it sort it starts to um, like light up and stuff while I'm fairly sure it's still on the road, which they sort of talk about themselves. There not being enough road for it to get to 88 means that um, it can't then start to light up and travel in time while it's still there because it wouldn't. There's no way it would be going at that speed. Actually, I think it does start lighting up in the air, but even so, it's not. There's no way it's got up to 88 in that time, or anywhere near it. But um, while we're talking about time, just time travel and, and time-related things, reminds me um, that I should probably mention um, a couple of dramas that are set... Well, the first one is a period drama, the second one I'm not sure how you would, how you would describe it, but the second one is Game of Thrones. Um, I guess fantasy would be the best way. Um, but so... Uh, Downton Abbey is the first one, which in one of their promotional photos, I can't say I would have noticed a lot of these without them being pointed out, and this is particularly one, um, is they had a, a clear plastic water bottle in it. Um, and obviously being a period drama, like it being set in the past, that's sort of quite a modern thing to have in there. Um, and there's a, a promotional photo of kind of them standing next to each other, and they've got a um, water bottle on the mantelpiece behind them and it was it was quite a good promotional photo but it's just that tiny little detail and quite often that's 
the way, if I'm honest. Um, but on to um, Game of Thrones, <clears throat> which is that there was a coffee cup which was in shot in, in the frame. I think it was believed to be Amelia Clark's coffee um, coffee cup, although I don't know how they know, or indeed why it matters, if I'm honest, whose who's it was, but it sort of would detract from the um, scene somewhat, if you noticed it. So if we're talking about um, films again now, um, Mamma Mia 1 and 2, Again, both wonderful films, just as Back to the Future and, indeed, Downton Abbey, and so I've heard Game of Thrones, although I haven't actually watched it. Perhaps I should. But uh, Mamma Mia 1 and 2, both amazing films. I, I do rather like them. And the music is, is amazing, obviously. Can't fault ABBA. But I did notice a couple of um, minor plot points that weren't the same in both films that were slightly inconsistent between the two films um because for example because i had recently seen i mean i've seen both of them obviously um but <clears throat> i'd recently seen the second one and then we went to a um drive-in cinema to see the first one uh, as, a, as a sort of a, a rerun kind of thing that they were doing as an event and uh i noticed that well first of all i noticed in the first uh i'd say in the first 10 minutes but definitely in the first um, 15 with Honey Honey, which is, you know, quite near the beginning, um, where they're talking about Donna's diary and she talks about all the different dates that she slept with the, with the three different men. And Sophie reads out what dates they were. And so therefore we get an order because they have three different dates across one summer means that they must be in that order. And then I noticed that in the second film, because obviously that's a split as a sequel and a prequel where you've got Sophie in the future and then it flashes back to young Donna in the past. And I noticed that the, the um, order that she sleeps with him is slightly different um, in the second film, which I only noticed when, because I thought that they didn't mention what order she slept with them in, in the first film. I thought it was just that that was over the summer at some point. Um, but I realised that they did and that it was actually slightly different in the second film, which once I noticed again was something that I couldn't really forget. And another thing is that in the first film, Donna is talking about how how hard her life has been. Um, she's been, you know, trying to sort out the hotel on the island and trying to, like, do all this DIY stuff and raise Sophie for 20 years. And it's it's, you know, it's been a hard slog for her and she's not had much money and she talks about how hard, how hard her life is and she says something like someone up there must have it in for me probably my mother which implies that Donna's mother is dead except that in the second film we find out that that's not actually true because Donna's mother is actually Cher again the only thing that I can think that ties her to being Donna's mother is um, there's one joke about how she, she says something like, um, I'm trying to be a good grandmother. And someone walks past and says, you mean great-grandmother, as in mother of Sophie's child, uh, great-grandmother of Sophie's child, because people have found out that she's pregnant. Um, and so that's the only thing that I can think of that particularly ties her to being Donna's mother. Like, surely um, she could have done a different part in the film um, and still they could have still had Cher and they could have still 
had her sing Fernando, as far as I can tell, um, without her playing Donna's mother, who it's established is probably dead in the first film. But again, they're both amazing films, and people don't, I mean, people do watch musicals for the plot, but I mean, it's also about the music, and particularly when it's a jukebox musical, as in um, where the songs have already been released, you want to see how well they perform the songs and sort of how well they fit them into the plot. And I guess the plot is important, but it's not like the minutiae of the plot is not kind of why you would watch that. The kind of the tiny details is not why you would watch something like that. So, I mean, again, both wonderful films, but I just noticed that tiny little thing. But so another film, and um, I had to have a lot of these pointed out to me, although the Mamma Mia ones were ones that I noticed myself, but this one was pointed out to me a while ago, um, which is Nanny McPhee and the Big Bang. Both um, of those films, both the the um, original film, Nanny McPhee, and this one, which is the sequel, think that they're so wonderfully sweet and also interesting films. And credit to Emma Thompson for playing the title role in both films. Um, and credit to Colin Firth um, in the first film, and also Kelly MacDonald in the first film, who I found out is known for her role as Diane in Trainspotting, which I've actually never seen, um, and its sequel as well. But one thing that I, as I say, one thing that I had to have pointed out to me from the second film is that in one scene they are driving slash flying in a motorbike with a sidecar, and they are flying through the air, and in, in it's on the camera is kind of on the motorbike moped and then it cuts away to the statue and when it cuts back the sidecar is actually on the opposite side so um and there's no explanation given for that it just happens and now that i've seen that it happens it's going to be hard to ignore another one that i found in my research is um is pulp fiction which is they go to a a place um and there is a shooting uh, that takes place. And uh, but when they arrive there, like when they arrive there, the shooting hasn't happened. Um, but there are bullet holes already in the wall, um, which is possibly a slight inconsistency. So then the scene continues on, and the gunshots happen. But it turns out that the bullets were bullet holes were already in the wall before the gunshots were heard. And. Uh, just a couple more to mention, um, which is that in TV, uh, one notable example is from How Met Your Mother, Hinyam. Yes, I'll mention it again, because I mean, I don't know if you saw any of my, I don't know if you saw my uh, reply to um, a tweet the other day, which said, I like to talk about everything that I talk about on my podcast is stuff that I like to hear talk about, basically, but um, any opportunity I'll get. I get to talk about Hinium. I'm not going to turn that down. I'll I'll accept it with pleasure. And uh, I didn't lie. Again, I am a a great fan of Hinium and Carter Bays, Craig Thomas, um, and everyone involved in making that. Just I think that they were all so talented. But I did notice again. I actually had to point this. Had to have this one pointed out again. But um, early on, I'm fairly sure in season one, uh, there's a conversation where Robin talks about how 
when she was younger, she um, she would only play solo sports because she's talking about how she was quite she's quite an independent character. How she doesn't always deal well with cutesy couple things um, because she just thinks it's sort of lame to do um, like couples costumes and sharing your food and things that couples often do. Um, she's like, you know, I've always been kind of an independent person, always kind of my own thinking and been an independent person. So she uses the example of how when she was younger, she always used to play solo sports. But then we find out later on in the series that um, actually when she was younger, she is shown to play hockey, which is obviously a team sport. Again, I don't know if it would be that much of an issue, but aside from the fact that it's used to illustrate the point that she's such an independent person, but then it turns out that she's not actually as independent as she was suggesting. Another example, um, just to sort of wrap things up now, um, again, not not 100% sure it's a continuity error, although I guess um, it's sort of, it is, I guess it is sort of a detail that might distract from the show, um, which is that in Glee, the characters of Rachel and Kurt are fans of the musical Wicked, and they sing songs from it at different points. And yet, both Idina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth, who were the original female leads in Broad- on Broadway, guest star on the show as characters, obviously not themselves, um, at different points in the series, as I say, they, they guest star. And there's no explanation given for this, even in a jokey way, um, which is like, oh, she really looks like Glinda from, from Wicked. Just, just um, they have no um, explanation for why that is, even, as I say, even in a, a jokey way, um, if they had gone, oh, she really looks like Glinda from Wicked, but they, they don't have um, an explanation for how that can be, that they don't, they just sort of brush over it, which I would have thought that would be something that a lot of people would think about. And in fact, that happens a couple of other times because like, um, like for example, they mention fairly early on in the show, I think they mention Gwyneth Paltrow's child, Apple, and then Gwyneth Paltrow guest stars um, for a couple of times, for a couple of, um, a, few, a few episodes. And another thing is that I'm fairly sure, although this one is more vague in my memory, is that John Stamos, Damos? John, John Stamos is mentioned at one point, and then he also features on the show uh, as Carl, the dentist. And I just, I, it's not so much a continuity error as something that would, again, slightly detract from the show, but not quite to do with continuity. Um, but yeah, so uh, thank you for listening um, to my rambling about film and TV. Thank you very much for, for listening. Um, and uh, please do listen again next month on the 21st of September when I will release that question and answer session. Um, again, if you have any questions or not, um, questions that you want me to answer, please do send them in and I'll be, I'll, uh, try and respond and, uh, please do share the podcast with your friends. And if you like this episode, um, please do get in touch, um, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.